This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 25th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. On his way out of office, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo accused China of genocide with respect to Uyghur Muslims there. So how would this complicate relations between the U.S. and China in working to handle regional problems? And how fair is that designation? Cato's Eric Gomez and Mustafa Akiol discuss the designation and what it means for human rights and relations with China. Eric, I want to start with you here. Um, the way that, you know, what we know about the way China has treated uh, Uyghurs and other minority Muslim groups uh, within the country is pretty devastating. And it seems to me that an administration that prided itself on getting tough on China and also largely has a pro-life uh, element in its ranks, a very strong pro-life element in his ranks, you would think that that administration would have taken uh, uh, an action like this earlier. One would have, wouldn't they? Um, it, it is pretty surprising that it took the Trump administration until like its last day in office to actually make this the designation of what's happening in Xinjiang as a genocide and you know gross violations of human rights. Um, especially given those propensities. But I mean, I think like with so many things in the Trump administration, uh, what you heard wasn't always what you got. And from the reporting on this decision, it sounds like there was a lot of debate within the administration of prioritizing human rights versus getting a trade deal. Uh, and, and the trade war with China being the main thing until COVID happened. Um, so I, I think that was why we didn't get it sooner. Um, but the Biden administration, I think, is going to continue with the with the uh, designation because Secretary of State nominee Blinken uh, went in front of the Senate uh, just a day or two ago and he said, yeah, he supported that designation of a genocide happening. So I think it's here to stay. I think that aspect of policy is here to stay for a while. All right. Uh, Mustafa, what has been the reaction to uh, at least, the, if not this designation, at least the uh, China's treatment of Uyghurs and uh, other Muslims? Uh, first of all, I should say that uh, I think it's accurate to use the term genocide, given uh, the reality that now we're facing. Uh, I mean, I was myself using mass persecution, uh, internment camps, gulags, and and that that was only referring to the fact that China only puts Uyghurs into these re-education camps and torturing and brainwashing them. So you could say they were not just killing yet, but it has become clear that China is also actually killing Uyghurs by forced sterilizations and abortions. And it's funny that the Chinese uh, embassy in Washington sent a tweet a while ago, a few weeks ago, uh, being proud about that. They said we stopped Chinese, uh, sorry, Uyghur women from becoming baby-making machines, and they boasted to have decreased the growth rate of the Uyghur population from eleven percent to six percent in thousand uh, in a thousand people. So they halved the growth of a population in one year. And how can you do that without forced abortions? Which is exactly what uh, Uyghurs and other victims have been uh, telling about. So this is a huge 
huge, I think, human uh, human rights crisis in the world today, probably the biggest one. Uh, I'm glad that the U.S. government, U.S. administration, even in the last day, you know, Trump administration took this step. And I'm glad that the next administration will probably, the new administration will probably continue pushing China on this. So there seems to be a, a bipartisan uh, view on this in the U.S. What is sad, of course, is that Muslim majority countries, most of them, almost all of them are still silent. Muslim civil society is not. I mean, there's a lot of activism in, in Muslim community on the internet. In Turkey, I know Muslim groups, nationalists, conservatives, others protesting China, but the Turkish government doesn't say anything. And that is precisely the uh, thing that Eric was pointing out because friendship with China pays. A lot of Muslim governments uh, enjoy, you know, their economic relations with China. They also like the idea that countries should not be questioned for their quote-unquote domestic affairs because they also suppress their dissidents and they're also autocratic regimes. So an autocratic regime being criticized on the basis of human rights, that doesn't sound good in many parts of the Muslim world because the regimes are exactly there and the same way they're autocratic regimes who don't want to be criticized. Eric, I've spoken with you and John Glazer about what administrations tend to do on the way out of office, and this seems to fit neatly within that, which is how does this complicate efforts for the Biden administration to work with China on matters of regional interest? Oh, I, I think significantly, right? Because how can one justify any cooperative relations of any kind if the other side has been deemed to be conducting a genocide. Um, but I think, so I think the complication language that you raised, Caleb, I think the complication would exist if the Biden administration had a different viewpoint on China, but they don't seem to, right? Like this is something that I think in its last day, the Trump administration did where the Biden administration was like, yeah, sounds good. Like, that's what we were going to do, too. Um, so I think that's going to continue. And that will make that plus a whole bunch of other things happening in the U.S.-China relationship will make any kind of uh, cooperative effort on any number of policy issues harder to do. But this is part of that broad shift, I think, that John and I talked about just in the podcast that came out on Inauguration Day about foreign policy, where... There is a common ground understanding within most of the United States political system that getting tougher with China and getting more competitive with China is fine and should be encouraged. What should the Biden administration do? I mean, once that designation is uh, leveled, what does the, how does that automatically change uh, relations between the U.S. and China? I think it will make it easier for the Biden administration to get certain sanctions legislation through the Congress. Um, it might also in affect how they do diplomacy at the United Nations to try and put more pressure internationally. Uh, that was one of the big reasons why people who supported the designation wanted it to happen was that so many other countries around the world are cued into what's happening in Xinjiang, but aren't really taking moral leadership on it. Um, and so having the United States be the first one to the first major power to really make this and turn it into a, a diplomatic thing could help encourage other countries to follow suit. Beyond that, I, I think it's an open question of 
how will this help the people who are being repressed? This, this isn't a situation where the U.S. is going to use military force, right? It's not all of, you know, World War II uh, or what was happening in, in Bosnia um, with the Serbs. So that's that's not really on the table. And then I think the question becomes like, well, how do we effectively do human rights promotion with a country like China? And I'm not sure the answer to that question, um, but I think that there's some in the Cold War, the U.S. tried to do similar things with the Soviet Union. And I think what happened there was the more that we kind of made it a, a sort of like the name and shame approach didn't quite work. And that when the U.S. went to a more quiet form of diplomacy, it actually produced some positive results for the people being effective, being affected in the Soviet Union. Um, so we'll see. I, I think right now there's a lot of a lot of effort and pressure to. Uh, do the sort of high profile like reporting and naming and shaming, um, which hopefully will spark some other international groups and, and countries to do the same. Um, but the question of its effectiveness, I think, remains to be seen. Uh, I just think, as an additional thought, this whole China Uyghur affair, the genocide of uh, Uyghurs, a Muslim population by China, is a wake up call for Muslims around the world to really see the fundamental difference between liberal democracies and authoritarian regimes. You know, uh, Islamophobia is a big concern among Muslims around the world, world right now. We're criticizing sometimes Western societies, liberal democracies, we're having some Islamophobic narratives or ideas, even some legislation legislations out there. Uh, one can criticize France and even the Muslim ban was maybe partly sparked by that. But these remain still within a certain framework and they can be criticized and they can change and still Muslims happily live in uh, liberal democracies. But if a regime like China becomes Islamophobic, it turns genocidal. I mean, it says that Uyghurs are a problem, they're Muslims, we don't want Islam and we don't want Muslims. And so what are we going to do? We'll put all of them in camps and we will force women to have abortions and we'll decrease their uh, birth rate. We will ban their headscarves. We will force them to drink alcohol and eat pork. We will not allow any religious practice. So that is, I think, a very important experience because there have been people in the Muslim world who are saying the West is our problem and we should ally with forces like China against this West Western hegemony in the world. And Samuel Huntington was actually saying that that's, that could have happened you know, in the 90s in his famous book about the clash of civilizations. Whereas I think what we're seeing is that uh, authoritarian regimes are a threat to humanity, and and that could that includes Muslims, that includes Christians, that includes anybody who disagrees with the authoritarian regime. Mustafa Akiol is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Eric Gomez directs defense policy studies at Cato. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 